Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is one of the most prolific producers in the metal and rock world, Jamie King. Jamie founded The Basement Recording in his home in 1996 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Over the last 20-plus years, Jamie has produced some of the most successful and critically acclaimed prog metal albums of all time. Many he has produced and engineered debuted in the Billboard Top 100 and Top 10 rock and metal charts. This includes progressive metal legends Between the Buried and Me, The Contortionist, Devin Townsend, Glass Casket, and of course, my band Extractus, which is the music you hear at the beginning of every episode. It is my honor to present, ladies and gentlemen, the king of progressive metal manufacturing live from the basement, Jamie King. Hey man, we're we're thrilled to have you. Jamie, it's great to uh, it's great to connect here, have a nice conversation about music and uh, all things uh, Everyman. So Everyman is about people that are doing their own thing, working for their own purposes, and uh, doing it their way. So when uh, we got into this venture, you're you're one of the first people I thought of that uh, that could that could attest to that lifestyle. So you know, my band Extractus, like I touched on there. We recorded uh, our album with you back in 2015 down in Winston-Salem. So I know from my experience working with you, um, you bring out the best out of a musician by emphasizing their strengths and working with them to get the tone they want, but that is also modern and sounds right to your ears. So how did you get to that style? Um, you mean just as far as like... Uh, how you approach working with, with new people all the time? Um, well, I mean, I just try to be as chill and open-minded as possible. You know, um, you know, I, I, I started into recording, you know, I was in a band, uh, during my high school years and I had recorded with a lot of, uh, different engineers back in the day and, uh, nobody would do what I wanted them to do. <laughs> you know, like no matter how much we paid them, it's like, there you go. like, Hey, I want my kick drum to sound like this. And they're like, no, you don't want that. And it's like, uh, yes, I do. I mean, I don't know if it was because I was a kid or, you know, uh, I think a lot of it had to do with age, you know, back then, most of the people who owned the studios were like older guys who were into like country or beach music or something like that. And, you know, we were, you know, you know, I was in the metal, you know, was, my generation was in the metal at the time. So it was like, uh, you know, we wanted to sound like Metallica or Pantera or something like that, you know, and, uh, you know, the guys who could afford the studios at that time, you know, they, they just weren't, you know, weren't into that sound, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't understand they didn't even know how to get the tones you know or even if they did they didn't want to get the tones. so um you know that's what actually made me decide to start recording and uh <clears throat> i guess uh you know i think you know i carry that forward with me you know to this day or whatever it's like you know i have a, a client comes in there you know whoever's paying is the boss you know so i try to you know do what they want and uh uh you know and i think it's you know also important to have your own sound also you know i think uh, that's something that's kind of gotten lost with uh all the the more produced um uh, you know computer produced records these days you can you can almost match up you know you can have people's exact guitar tones and exact drum sounds and things with with samples and guitar profilers and things like that and uh you know in my day every band you know every artist had their own sound and that was a you know something that you uh, would strive for is to have your own sound and uh, even down to the tones, like the way the kick drum sounded and things like that. So, um, you know, I think that's why, you know, to this day, I think those two things are, are why I tried to, uh, you know, let the client do what they want to do and try to help them find capture their sound. 
I know you work with a lot of younger bands and people that are kind of up and coming. Do you, do you think the, the generation coming kind of next and that's coming up now, do you think they're more towards that give me this snare drum, give me that, as opposed to like, let me go in here and discover my own creation? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, there, I mean, obviously there's some great musicians out there. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the kids coming up, they're better players than ever, you know, really. You know, they can learn at younger ages on YouTube and whatnot and, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, performing, uh, you know, some of the, some of the players are really good, but it's, uh, yeah, there's a, I don't know. There just seems like this, you know, probably for the past, uh, 10, 15 years, like, all, you know, most of the bands they come in, they want to sound like their favorite two bands, you know? And, uh, you know, and that, that's, you know, I, we were in, we were inspired, influenced, you know, in my bands back in the day, but, you know, it was just almost kind of a known thing. It's like, you know, you want to find your own guitar sound. You want to find your own drum sound. And, uh, but, you know, past 10 or 15 years, there, there doesn't seem to be an emphasis or a desire for that. They're actually upset sometimes if I can't get the exact sound that they're looking for. You know, they're, even though their sound sounds great in my mind, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, they want a specific sound and it doesn't sound like that. And it's, uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, uh, in the long run, it's going to be to their detriment, you know, if they sound exactly like someone else, you know, it's a, uh, it might get you some attention at, at first or whatever, but to be successful in music, you know, you kind of have to be an exclusive product, you know, you kind of have to be something that stands out, you know, amongst the clutter. There's a lot of, a lot of bands out there these days. So what are you listening for in that finished product of like something that stands out? Um, well, you know, like, you know, well, as far as the bands I record, generally I just let them do what they're going to do. You know, if, you know, if it's something I'm thinking is going to do something, you know, it's usually, uh, you know, originality. It's like, Hey, this band has a sound. I could pick them out. You know, I've heard, you know, every metal riff, every rock riff forward and backward and every drum beat and stuff. And, you know, I get stoked on stuff. Somebody comes in, they're using some gear that I've never heard of, or they're getting a sound that I never heard of. They're playing a riff or a technique on guitar that I've never seen or heard of. The same thing with the drums or, you know, or they're putting it, you know, they're doing all normal stuff, but they're doing it in a really uh, definitive and unique way. I think that's, uh, that's what I get stoked on more than anything. And, you know, the bands I think I've worked with that have become successful, you know, uh, namely between the Bear to Me and Contortionists and of course, Extractus. And <laughs> nice. Got to nice. Got it. You got it. Uh, yeah, I'm acquired, I think, uh, by this contractor. That's right. Which will be <laughs> No, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, that's uh, one of the hallmarks, you know, it's like why they've become successful is because you hear, if you hear 30 seconds of their material, you know who it is. Right. By the way, the, you know, the vocals are one of the main things, you know, that's, it's really, you know, that can give a band a lot of identity, but it's, it's the way they play their riffs, the drum beats, their their, you know, the way they sound as a vocalist or, uh, you know, and just the way they structure their songs and things like that, um, you know, it, get, it makes them an exclusive product. And if, uh, you know, if it's an exclusive product that people happen to like, then there's the recipe for success in my mind, you know, and that I think that goes across all genres. You know, I mean, hip hop right now is a really good example of how, you know, there it's just all about freshness. You know, you got to be something you got to be doing something different, fresh. It, it didn't even have to be good. Almost. It seems to me, you know, it's right. like. You know, there's just has like, to be different. You know, or saying crazy <laughs> stuff like that, and it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, people go, you know, they love it, you know, because it's fresh, it's new, it's different, you know, and I think, uh, you know, um, I think that's a positive thing, you know. There's some, there's some demographics, you know, country, you know, I don't feel like they're they're not really pushing into new territory, you know, they're just kind of like, uh, 
you know, the, hey, let's do the same thing we've been doing for 30 years and just, uh, you know, putting prettier people on people on stage performing this stuff, you know. I don't know. There's a lot of that, like, uh, <laughs> rapper influenced country frontman thing I see. Oh, yeah. I've seen some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, uh, a niece that's uh or a cousin rather that's uh that's uh into that stuff you know the the hick hop or whatever that, that yeah is. i don't know quite um, what to call that but you know as long as, long as they're happy right i guess you know it's uh, <laughs> my thing but uh but yeah i mean uh, you know but at the end of the day even with country artists you know there are some standout artists whether it be their voice their personality their image or whatever you know i think uh I think that, you know, it carries across all genres and all throughout history. You know, there's some people who just stand out for some reason. And I think uh, that's what I look for when I'm producing people. I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's let you do what you do that stands out and that's different, you know. And I encourage that. I encourage the experimentation. I'm like, hey, let's use your drums. Let's use your amps. Let's use your choice. Not what I want you to sound like. It's not my sound. You know, if I took my preferences and just applied them to everybody, like a lot of producers do, then, you know, all the bands I would record would sound the same. And, you know, eventually I'm doing them, you know, ultimately I'm doing them a disservice by doing that, in my opinion. You know, Absolutely. Hey, Jamie, I got a question for you. So, like, even even with respect to knowing, you know, that originality is the key, right? Um, especially with respect to audio and influence and you being a, you being ma- you mastering um, groups and producing groups. What about the group that doesn't have that sound? Like you say, they, they don't have within that 30 seconds that take that you're like, oh, you know, um, there's some different there. I think I can like learn off the can. How do you help groups find their own sound? Really? I mean, uh, you know, all you can do, I think, you know, that's uh, politically correct anyway, um, you know, is, is just, uh, just recommend it, you know, just be like, Hey man, I really think, uh, you know, you know, I try to, you know, a lot of the younger generation, I try to you know, I approach it like I'm trying to educate them, you know, and it's like, Hey, the bands that, you know, I basically everything I just spoke, spoken to you about or whatever, I probably, we probably had this discussion with this during the extractive sessions, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I try to, you know, I try to talk to everybody. I try to find out, Hey, what are your goals with this music? You know, if I have a client who comes in, they're just doing it for hobby. They're like, Hey, we're just having fun with this. We're not planning. We're not trying to do this for real. Then, then my, you know, approach and my views on the project are completely different. I'm just like, just do whatever you want to do. Have fun. If you want to sound like somebody exactly like somebody else, then that's fine. But if you want success, you know, I try to educate them on, you know, finding their own sound and, uh, you know, uh, I don't really try to force anyone's hand, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, if they're paying, they're the boss. And if they want to use a tone or a, a sound that's an exact copy, then, uh, you know, uh, then it's, you know, their choice or whatever. But, uh, uh but yeah, I, I usually try to, uh, when I'm, you know, recording and mixing, I try to find those, you know, like with a guitar solo, there's like, sometimes, a, a, you know, a lick might be technically right but it still didn't have that magic. It still didn't have that hot fire. You know what I'm saying? You want something right, that's right, got, right. That's, that you can feel or that just speaks, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, that's what I wait for, you know, and some bands, you know, extractors, I remember, you know, you guys track pretty quickly. I mean, the, you know, everybody got good, solid, good feeling takes pretty quickly, but some bands, you know, you have to let them jam on something for 45 minutes before, you know, they'll get, they'll get that magic take or, uh, or whatever, you know, that, that good dynamic, that good feel, you know? So as a producer, I kind of just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm patient, you know, I'm like, I always, you know, you, you know I'm sure extractus uh, remembers this, uh, but I, you know, I would be, 
you know, hey, one more time. And it's it's really not one more time. It's really, hey, do it over until it's right, you know. Right, right, right. And a right. lot of times, you know, a lot of, you know, I've had some clients be like, well, what was wrong with that one? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just searching for the one. That one. Yeah. And, right. and I right. can I can remember I could, I could say that I, I found a whole new passive aggressive way to say uh, one more time, please. You know, and then, yeah. and then realizing later, I'm like, man, <laughs> was I being a dick when I said, please, like one more time, please. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah. it's like, but that's, but that's what you do. And I remember, I mean, and uh, again, I didn't call this session just to uh, toot my horn, but I can recall, you know, certain portions of the record, you knowing what I, my intention was, and it was just not it. And it yeah. was, it wasn't wrong. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't the thing that you knew I was trying to achieve. So once that, you know, when you go into that place and you have that mutual trust and you know that the person over there that's telling you one more time, they have your best interest. And Daryl, you can, you can relate yeah. to with football, well, right? Well, I mean, well, well, even, even, even with football, I mean, it's just that, that kind of coach slash player balance you know what i mean like there's the techniques that you try to teach guys on the field and you can go and you can telegraph it but then you get your ass blocked you know what i yeah. mean whereas opposed to you say hey you know what that move is that move isn't for you you're not a power guy you're a bender edge guy coming off the edge so exactly. try to use that as opposed to trying to go up in there and you know be jj watt you're not jj watt this is not gonna yeah. happen so like that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's the exact same thing yeah, yeah. You're just, you know, it's, I guess I'm in the coach role, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know, I've got my players here, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, push them to get, you know, to their strengths, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, I guess the only difference is, you know, with, you know, sports, obviously in football or whatever, you, know, you got a competition element and, uh, you know, I try to steer clear of that, you know, try, you know, try to, I try to not, I don't, I really feel like music's more of an art, not, you know, more, more so than a competition. Mm -hmm. Obviously some of the progressive styles, you know, some of the tech metal bands can be, you know, kind of on the competitive edge, you're trying to outdo other players and things. And, uh, but I think a lot of times with, uh, you know, with that's metal, almost like jazz though, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's this, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's an ele there's a, an athleticism element to a pro progressive music and metal and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to push people. It's like, Hey man, give me that one more time. Even though when they're, you know, they're tired, with that with that blast beat or double bass or whatever it is, you know they've done it a hundred times. Sometimes you just gotta push them to get you know to get it a little better, you know. And uh, but sometimes you know it's like it was better actually before it was perfect, you know, or or before it was like pushed really hard, you know. And sometimes uh, you know, and I always keep like the uh, the previous takes, you know, just in case too, you know. Uh, I think uh, you know, and it's it, there's a lot of psychology that goes in with you know that's it, involved with produce, produ you know producing bands i'd imagine just like a coach you know it's just like what do i have to tell this person or how do i have to act to get the best out of them you know and uh i've just over time i've learned some things to not say like i said i've tried to keep everything positive upbeat light let's hang out let's make music if there's any mm -hmm. like a lot of artists come in and they're you know they're being negative towards one another i try to diffuse that or send some people out of the room and things like that i imagine that stuff goes on in sports you know it's like you know if you got tensions in 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 the locker room it's going to spill out into the field you know sometimes in a negative way or whatever and that that stuff comes into play with recording too and uh, producing bands and stuff uh, you know it's it's uh you know there's there's psychology involved so you, you you don't necessarily have just have to have like that pulse on the music. You've got to have like a pulse on people too. You know oh, I mean? 
I, I do. I mean, for what I do, you know, it's like, a, uh, you know, less so, you know, you know, you know, a lot of the work I'm doing these days, or, you know, is more uh, just mixing and mastering. Obviously, that's just, uh, you know, taking people's, you know, pre-recorded audio and, uh, you know, trying to translate uh, their mix the best, you know, there's less psychology involved with that. But then there's still some psychology involved with, you know, getting, because some people, you know, they'll ask for specific things in their notes and, I have to decipher what they really want out of it. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly what they're saying because they don't really know the technicalities, you know? Right, right. Uh, yeah, we, made a lot, we made a lot of splooshing noises to tell you what, how we wanted it. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We all needs to be a splash, <laughs> blah, you know, like a blah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, you're like a blah, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> exactly. You got a communications issue because I, you know, I, I record some bands who are, you know, I know a little bit of music theory, you know, and I can communicate. Uh, with musical terms and things like that, when when I do have clients that they also have music theory knowledge and they prefer to communicate like that, so I've learned to be able to do that. Some bands you just have to be like, you know, do that pow, 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 again, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. and it works better, you know. If I threw at them, I'm like, hey man, do those uh thirty second notes again, they'd be like, what, you know, right, and it's, right, right. it puts you at this, you know, you're not speaking their language and they feel all you know insecure or. Uh, offended or whatever you know there's psychology involved you know jamie's being incredibly humble there i've had the pleasure to work around a lot of wonderful musicians and super talented people through all the noise and effects of guitar and like uh, and like we're some of those songs on our album super super tuned low h string guitars four different distortion tracks or whatever and jamie would be sitting there and he's like hang on one second and you're like two centigrades sharp on that string you know and we'd be like i i'll never i swear to god i've told people this you said that and i was like yeah. I, was like, I was like what like what are you talking about and you're like no 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 seriously and like you pulled out and you're like no this one this tuner is the most you know accurate tuner like blah 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 blah, blah. like oop, two two centigrades off you know whatever and, and we're just like wow okay like little shit like that you know it would and it was it would be like these moments of like oh my god like we we're absolutely in the right place we need to be because like we were prepared we were excited to be there and have that opportunity but like when you're aware enough to be like wow that he knows something that i need to know so we we just planted ourselves under the learning tree that whole time Dude, that's awesome well, it's Two a team, centigrades. You know? We keep coming back to the sports thing because you got a you know a sportsman here, whatever. But you know you got a sportsman here. Yeah, you assemble your team. You know you got to put together. You know you find the best guy for this and the best guy for that. And it's you know a lot of in terms of with you know with a band. You know a lot of something. You know you know there are some bands who are just you know there's members in the band because they're friends. But usually you try to put together people who's like hey this guy's the best guitar player I know. This is the best drummer I know. This is the best for what we're trying to do. This is the best vocalist. And, and uh, you know, and when you do a record, like, hey, let's find the best producer for the, what we're going for on this record. And it's like, you know, you just, you know, you put together a team of uh, professionals, you know, that you can trust and, you know, hopefully uh, vibe with and uh, learn from each other. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately, I think, uh, one of the best things you can do for, uh, you know, a record that's going to be successful or, you know, and, uh, is just to, uh, you know, to have all that stuff in place, you know. Do you ever, like, have a moment where you, you get a group or you're remastering uh, a sound and you know when they're there, you're like, okay, well, 
I got my best cu- I got my best guitarist, I got my best drummer, I got my best this and that. And you listen to it down, you say, you know what? <clears throat> that guy's not for you. I'm just gonna be honest with you. That guy's not your yes. your guy. You, you, <laughs> how do you how do you deal with that? Like I, like, I don't, you know, I can't, you know. There, I mean, there's been some times, you know, it's like we're you know, there's there's just some people who shouldn't be in the band, you know. And and it's just like, you know, it's it's tough or whatever because you know, it's like you don't wanna you know, back in the day, in my younger years, I would try to help people. I would try to give them thought. <laughs> oh God, how did that go? Oh, dude, I had dude. It was there were kids kids that were like F Jamie King, F Swift, <laughs> the band I was in, because I would tell them, you know, they would come in. I'm like, dude, you guys aren't ready to record yet. You know, drummers can't play four four drum beats. It's like, dude, <sighs> what are you doing here? You know, and uh, but that same band, I was like. Let's just reschedule six months later, see how it goes. And they were right. genuinely, I was literally trying to help them. I didn't want them to waste their money, you know, at that time. And this is back, you know, early in my career. I didn't, you know, know a lot of the, the, uh, the computer production stuff. So I couldn't fix them. You know, it's like whatever right, they right, played, right, right. What it was going to be back in the day. So I was going to help them. I'm like, hey, go home, practice some more, come back six months, you know. And they just took that as like a criticism, not constructive criticism, but just outright criticism. They were making posters, <laughs> tank up, you know, around their hometown. And when my band went to play, people were like, what is all this about? You know, it's like they were that serious about, you know, some revenge, you know, it was crazy. But, uh, but yeah. Don't, I, I don't they know you're a pillar of that community, Jamie? Come on. No, man. Man, I absolutely know, you know, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't, you know, nowadays I can tell some people some crazy stuff and they'll, you know, they'll give me some. They'll be like, well, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's old. He's been doing this for a long time. So, you know, they think maybe I know now back then they were like, dude, you're my age. And it's like, right, right. You're trying now, to see, I don't hey, know what I'm doing, you know? So they knew you at the Walmart, man, because we stuck out like a goddamn sore thumb down there. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're bouncing around with all these goofy long haired people oh, gotcha. you know, out on, in, on Christmas in Walmart. And uh, yeah. they're like, Hey, what, what are you guys doing? And also we didn't, you know, we sound like a bunch of Yankees. Yeah. And uh, they're like, what are you guys doing down here? And we're like, oh, we're making a record. They're like, oh, over there uh, with that Jamie. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> with that that's Jamie. The guy. Yeah. Nice. That's the king. guy. Well, you know, born and bred, went to Salem, North Carolina, you know. So that's right. But yeah, I used to, like I said, my band was, you know, we were never popular or known anywhere else other than here. But I think because of that, you know, obviously between the Buried and Me is the biggest band I've recorded. And they're, they're all Winston-Salem, uh, you know. Uh, or at least North Carolina native. So it's, uh, you know, I, people know them and they know my old band and, you know, uh, around here. So, but yeah, I wouldn't get that anywhere else. Trust me. <laughs> hey, hey, Jamie, you touched on those computer applications and the programs. Like, you know, how has that like influenced the uh, basically just production in general for you since 1996 in the basement? You know what I mean? Oh, the basement every, record, yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, it's revolutionized it, you know, like, cause I started with, uh, which was digital there were digital tape recorders that the old ADATs. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those things, but uh, oh, yeah, four first, tracks. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had, I had an eight track. That's like <laughs> when I first started recording a little eight track. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's like, uh, so yeah, I had, you know, I started off with those and, and a mixing board and, and a rack of compressors and junk like that. So it was like, uh, you know, you were limited on what you could do. Like you said, at that time, uh, you know, probably up until about 98, you know, even, even my first band's record and between the bear first bands, you know, their, their first record, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was what you play is what you get. You know, I could add some highs and lows. I could compress it a little <laughs> bit, but there was a little no, echo on there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we mixed on the board. You know, I, you know, hey, you push this button up when this solo comes in. You push it up, and then I'll turn this knob. You know, that's kind of how we did the first my band's first record and between the Barry's first record. And then they don't sound great, you know, because of that. But it's like, uh, you know, when I, I first got into Pro Tools, I guess it was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, you know, all this power. You know, it's 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 their tools. You know, saying so you could do all this stuff to the music you could never do before, and it. Uh, you know, revolutionized my work. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, I'd heard all this, uh, the big budget major record label stuff and it was so clean and everything was on time. Everything was so in tune and all this stuff. And I didn't know how they were doing it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, prior to pro tools, you know, you just had to work, you know, they, they would, you know, Def Leppard was in a studio like years, you know, trying to get this super perfect record. And, uh, uh, you know, you can achieve that now and, you know, with almost anybody in like three weeks, you know, to get a full length album that's near perfect tuning and pitch, you know, t- timing wise and stuff like that. And uh, um, that's what, uh, you know, all this software has enabled us to do. You know, there's, you know, it's it's amazing in some elements and it's positive in some elements. Obviously, it's given me a career because uh, I can make, you know, these uh, kids sound listenable. <laughs> you know in some cases you know they wouldn't sound listenable you know um but it's like you know it's it's bad in that regard as well you know it's uh you can make people who wouldn't normally sound listenable listenable so you have you know that negativity in music you got a lot you got the flood of artists so many records coming out and you know many of which sound good but it's mainly because of the production work that's been done on them and stuff of that nature and uh right uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's lessened the value of music, you know, it's hard to, to make money doing music anymore. And that's partly part of the problem. You, know, you go see a band live and, you know, it's, a, you don't, you know, you don't know if you, know, you hear a record. It's, you know, for me personally, it's hard for me to get stoked on so, a lot of modern prog and metal records. Cause you don't know if it's real or not, you know, you right. know, some, some people can produce and edit, you know, deceptively, uh, and make it sound like it was actual performance. And it really was, just a bunch of computer stuff, you know, and uh, you don't know until you go see them live, you know. So it's, uh, uh, you know, well, it's, I think there's been the in my my generation of musicians, and maybe even a couple years behind me, is this this guitar player, home producer type who grows up playing with program drums and becomes a you know a one man orchestra on a laptop. And yep. then, and then they try to get that that sound out there. So they start bringing in musicians, and ultimately, that stuff doesn't doesn't last long. And you know, there's there's like these flashes, like in the pan, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like it's just that sound for then. And like I remember, there were things that I I thought I really wanted the record to sound like, but you're like, well, maybe it should be more in this direction because it's. But that's why it still sounds relevant and it doesn't sound like a, a product of 2015 you know yeah. it's 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 a modern sounding you know record and yeah. I, I think those those kind of musicians just they don't have the band mentality of like okay i'm going to make a band we're going to record a record we're going to do this we're going to like their their intentions are different because of like things like social media and like yeah, want, yeah, wa- wanting to be just like i want to be a dude and like have pictures taken of me and like get free shit like that's kind of what people want to do as opposed to like no dude you got to go uh you know drive a thousand miles uh over christmas you know and stay in an extended suites 
And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. You gotta pay your dues, you know? Right, you gotta pay your dues. The betting system, you know? The money, the, you know, to have a chance back in the day was you gotta get signed by a label. You know, there was no other way to get your music out. You know, now a lot of people, you know, you put your own stuff out, which is great in some aspects, but, you know, back then, like, you, you know, the, you never saw the light of day, you know, if, uh, if, if you weren't up, if your music wasn't up to par, if your performance wasn't up to par and things like that, you know, the, the labels only invested their money into the best, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, there was less clutter because of it, you know, and it was, and the quality stuff, the quality of the stuff that existed was actually better because the labels would put, you know, back in the day, you know, you had, you know, vinyl and cassette, you know, you can only put like eight songs on there. Mm-hmm. So they wanted eight bangers, you know what I'm saying? Nowadays they want, you know, seven you know 70 minutes worth of music and you know 15 tracks and all this stuff you know as opposed to having eight bangers you got to put all your time and money into writing and recording and doing production for all these tracks and stuff so there's a lot of things that just uh have have gone negative and like i said that's the the new generation and i think there's always been those people who just want to do it for the fame and you know the popularity and whatever you know it's like but yeah computers are definitely uh I think, or have, uh, you know, or at least writing, you know, all your music on computers and never getting in a room with some musicians and jamming it and seeing how it feels, you know, before you go into the studio, a lot of kids come in and they have all the drum beats written on the computer and, you know, some of them get lucky and have some cool tracks or whatever, but a lot of it just has no feel, mm-hmm. you know, even on, you know, you know, with guitar pro, it sounds cool or whatever, but then when you actually play it, it's like the tempos aren't right, you know, just has no, it doesn't have that kick-ass quality, you know, that the, yeah. uh, the older stuff, you know, they used to jam in a room, you know, right the wrist. They would only the good stuff would stick, you know. They wouldn't, you know, you with a computer or whatever, you can, you could type it all in, and and you know, it you know, it'll remember it for you. Back in the day, it's like you had to remember it, and only the best stuff you could remember, you know, like guitar riffs and drum parts and stuff like that. So it's like I think like by default, you know, because of the computer wasn't there, it's like it seemed like stuff was just better like you know it's, I would, the only stuff that was good would stick around and nowadays like i swear i think bands are you know a lot of people are like they compare the old school metal to the new metal bands it's like the new metal bands might you know the modern metal bands you know the players actually might be better but the riffs aren't as good just because right they just it seems like they just come to the table like, hey i got a riff and they're like all right let's use it it's like back <laughs> in the day you know back in the day it was like dude is, is that even a good riff you know it's not good you know it's like you know why you you know, they'll put the, you know, a drum beat and they just put whatever drum beat, you know, to me, I feel like, you know, my bands and generations before me, it's like, they, there's a lot of deep thought that went into that. Like, what is the best drum beat for this riff or song? What's the best structure? And people, you know, it's like just kids are stringing riffs together and just, uh, I don't know. And like I said, but, you know, having said that, there are some standouts here and there that, uh, you know, they're great and they're cutting through the clutter as we speak and they're going to be the next generation's, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin or whatever, you know, and, you know, a lot of this is, you know, you know, I'm 40 some years old now. So it's kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm my dad's like, all oh, this new stuff sucks. You know, it's like, right. I think that's every generation. <laughs> yeah, that's every, every, everybody looks dad, back and, yeah. like new stuff coming up, you know, it's like, and I get, maybe I'm that dad or whatever now, you know, it's like, but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, there, there, you know, there is some different part, you know, uh, the, on the positive side, there's, I've seen, uh, there's kind of a, uh, there's kind of a trend. It seems like people are, are recognizing these issues that I've been talking about and, uh, they're making conscious efforts to, uh, 
to, yeah. to do more natural, you know, they're using real drums now. They're less and less people are interested in, in programming all the drums out and then they're more interested in like, hey, let's get performance guitar takes. Let's not let's not record this quarter speed slowed down and all this right. you know, degree mess. You know, it's like, you know, the stuff I've been refusing to do uh, politely for the past, you know, decade have finally come back around. And it's like now people, you know, it seems like on mass are wanting to do what I've been doing things, how I've been doing it this whole time. And keep it real, you know. You've, well, when you look, when you take a look, you know, take a step back and look at the landscape right now, you know, I mean, the Contortionist is a perfect example of a band that uh, matured before everybody's eyes almost, it seemingly overnight, and became like uh, like the elder, like the the mature statesman of of like progressive music all of a sudden, like almost like they're yeah. they're thrown in the mix when you're talking about like between the Barry to me because like. You know, when I initially when I first started getting into that that kind of music, it was Dream Theater. You know, was still was still the big thing, and then it wasn't really sure. And then between the Barry to me has taken that mantle, and and like I said, Contortionist. But it doesn't just like they all made efforts to change direction and and also record a certain way. Yeah, you know, like songwriting and structure and composition, all that stuff that gets lost when you're just writing like i said for social media press like oh well what's gonna look the, the sickest on my instagram like what what riff can i do that's like a 20 like i know people personally that like that do that's that. what they're thinking about you know and and it's just not that's not the artistry that's not the calling in my opinion of of being yeah. a songwriter you, you said it exactly artistry you know there's an element of artistry that some people have and some people just don't get it you know it's like some people aren't in it for the artistry you know they're not trying to express anything they're just trying to be like, hey, girl, look at me, you know, and it's like, and uh, it's misplaced, <laughs> you know, misplaced in my, you know, from my experience, like, you know, girls don't care who plays the guitar anymore. Like, if you can sweep or not, or <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's that kind of thing or whatever. But, uh, uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, there's, uh, I think, like with uh, the contortionists and, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, it's like, they definitely, you know, and it was almost unspoken when they came in, but I think that when they came to me, they were just kind of like, they knew that I did real drums and real guitars and stuff like that. And they had done the, you know, the more program stuff in, in previous, with previous efforts. And they just, uh, I think, you know, from being, they were fans of between the barrier to me going on a tour between the barrier to me and seeing their success. And that'll, that'll you know, change your perspective on music real fucking quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you got, yeah. When you get around people who can actually play and like, Oh, this is how it's, this is how it's really should be done. You know, yeah. kind of, cause there, you know, a lot of bands, you know, you had, you know, animals as leaders, which are amazing and, uh, you know, periphery, but those bands, you know, earlier on, they had programmed drums and stuff, you right. know, and they were, and, and periphery is a great, a great example. Of what I was talking about earlier, where a producer kind of turns it into a band, you know, and yeah, it takes time to be, I mean, you look at where they are now with their song, with their song sound like now versus that first, yeah. I mean, it's totally different, but it doesn't just happen. And everybody wants, nope it to just happen for you in music and like especially it's like uh everybody wants to be the the guy like you know i i, I look up to blake a ton blake richardson the drummer of between the bear to me you yep. know he's a guy that's at the top of his field um but you know that you have to not be competitive because i know that it's a journey and he didn't just he didn't just get there no yeah work man it's all about work baby yeah. So what uh what bands are you listening to now that that you uh that you're enjoying? Anything cool? Man, I like I said I've been just basically the bands that I've been working on is all I've been listening to uh 
but yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to think. Of, I mean, obviously, I just checked the new Dream Theater album out, you know, and it's uh, it's, what think of that? It's great. Yeah, I love the production. Like I, I listened to your uh, you know, your John Petrucci uh, uh, interview or whatever, and uh, and yeah, the drums finally sound right on that. Right? Record. Yeah, sound like, great. The last couple of albums have been like, okay, now what are you, what are you doing with drums? If you want to sound like crap, just come to me. I'll hook you up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> spending lots of money, and it's like, why the drums not sound right? You got one of the best drummers on earth, you know. Right, I know, uh, I yeah. know. And he's sa- it's record sounds it, it, legit, completely, completely different. Um, and uh, not only that, the the new Devin Townsend, I played. Um, I've been slowly. I still got to check it out. I got to check. Yes, it out. indoctrinating <laughs> Daryl into my world of music. Yes. Uh, one night, Please indoctrinate me bro, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jamie. One night, I sat him over here at my house, and uh, I, I just forced. I made him to force uh, Meshuga on him. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a you know that's a you got to warm people up for that. You can't. Man. You fire he played, he played my, in the NFL, so I figured he could handle it. Dude, you know? my, <laughs> my head, my head exploded from the inside out. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What, I even, need more. Dude, I'm a metal head from birth. And it's like, you know, that was when I first heard me sugar, I'm like, this is just noise. I didn't get it. You know, it's like, it exactly. took, it took it about six time. listens for me to, uh, Oh, this is all in four. Yeah. And then I start understanding <laughs> it. And then over time it becomes normal. We yeah, and you know, it, it it reshapes your brain. You know, I actually there's a, a Mike Mangini quote from like modern drummer years ago where he said because he's in like a mathematician initially. That's what I was just about to say. Oh, and, yeah. and he said that he said that humans aren't necessarily wired to understand anything like in an odd meter or like outside of just like your normal four four rhythm. So like that's why people don't like progressive music. And it's like, oh, that's it. I don't like, know about people, that because you, you look at Latin it. rhythms and, and African rhythms and stuff, and that's what really, they yeah, play in polyrhythms, and it's like natural to them. Right. Like four is weird to them. And the same thing with the Middle Eastern, you know, like they, you know, the whole Western, you know, a 12 note scale thing, it's they have, you know, the quarter tones, and it's like, you know, for them to hear like the 12 note scale is weird for them. So I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, there's something that's whatever you grew up like kind of listening right. to, you know, what you're exposed to, you know. Exactly. Like I, I was you know raised on yes and Genesis and stuff. And so it's yeah. just like a next jump over. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Devin Townsend's new record for for everybody listening, looking something new. Uh it's called Empath. That's an incredible record. I know you've done some some uh engineering mastering work for him when uh Tommy was on that record a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, just totally, totally insane. Um Yeah, he's a he's a master. I wanted to uh, touch on uh, a couple things here before we wrap up. Um, Between the Barry to me, we've been talking about them a lot. So they're they're from your hometown. Um, their most recent album, Automata One and Two, they were really successful. They, like I said before, they debuted in the top 100 on Billboard. I think they debuted at number nine on the on the top metal and rock. Um, the, the industry's decline in sales. And the hardcoreness of the progressive metal fan has kind of created this thing where every time a like a popular, genuine prog metal band puts a record out, they crack that top ten because the only people that were consistently buying music this whole time have been people like me that are musicians and prog fans and stuff. Yep. So it's like we're kind of reestablishing what the mainstream is because like if I look on top ten right and it's Dream Theater like a couple weeks ago it was like. Dream Theater was in the top ten of rock charts. Periphery had a single out that was in the top ten, and um, 
there was somebody else on there, but like maybe you know, like my my point is, you've been there to see BT Bam's career kind of take off, and now the Contortionists, and I'm sure they're behind them. But uh, between the Buried and Me was nominated for a Grammy this year for Condemned to the Gallows and Best Metal Performance. Yep. Did you see that kind of stuff coming with this genre? And like, do you think it's just is this a is this a moment thing, or do you think this is kind of the direction where that's headed? I don't know. It's definitely, I think it's kind of a moment thing. You know, it's like, I definitely wouldn't, you know, like, I know they deserve it, you know, but I would have guessed that they would be nominated for that. You know, it's a, uh, you know, to me, I, I, you know, I don't know the, the, the exact inner workings of some of these, uh, you know, like the Grammys and whatnot, but it's like, you know, from what I gather, it's like almost anybody can like kind of become a part of that. You know, it's like, I could become a part of the Grammys and it's kind of like, to me, it's like, Oh really? It's like, you know, who's voting? <laughs> oh <this> shit! <laughs> yeah, and you, I mean, you saw who won the Grammy. And it was just like, you know, right. And I love that band personally. I think their their sound is cool. But come on, metal performance, you know, between the bear and me annihilates that band. You know, so it's like how, you know, either we're going to judge this thing on technicality or what. You know, it's like to me, I have a problem with a lot of these, uh, you know, awards and stuff. You know, it's almost like a lot of them are geared towards just whoever's popular in the moment, and uh, you know, whoever's it's very political. Yeah, it's there's there's more going into it than what the awards really for, and it's like you know I'll take it, you know, because I'm associated with all that stuff and I'm appreciative, but I don't, you know, to me the uh, the validation to me is is the the is the one on one, you know, what the fan thinks, you know, it's like hey man that record sounds killer, you know, it's like that to me means more than accolades of some weird thing, and I think for between the bear and me, I think uh, you know they're, they they feel the same way, you know. And, uh, but it, you know, I think the whole, you know, uh, but the fact that, you know, these bands are breaking the, you know, are breaking onto the charts and things. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that just goes to show you, I mean, we've got some really supportive fans and progressive metal music and, uh, progressive rock, you know, that's, uh, that's a really positive thing. You know, vinyl sales have picked up CD sales still exist to a certain degree. You know, people were paying for the streams and downloads. So, uh, there's been a return of some revenue, you know, compared to like 10 years ago when everybody was just you know, take or 15, 20 years ago when everybody was like downloading stuff from LimeWire or whatever else. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <man. laughs> Fair share. That? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that shit killed a lot of people's family computers. Yes, it did. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it gave, was just... gave the Geek Squad a lot of business. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's positive. You know, I don't think it'll, ever, you know, things will ever be like they used to be, you know, uh, sadly in some ways and good in some ways. You know, I think, uh, you know, the, the the labels being able to control the artists is is t- holy as they used to in the past is kind of a bad thing, but it's also bad that you can't sell your music and make a living. You know, you literally have to be two percent of two percent to actually make a living, and then only two percent of them can make, uh, you know, can get rich. So it's just like, man, it's just you know, there's almost no motivation. You know, for some of the best artists and musicians out there, you know, there's really no motivation for them to work. You know, so I got, it's like, man, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I would not say I'm one of the best musicians or artists or any of that kind of stuff, but you know, I'd like to get to music, but I need to do stuff. I got a family. I need to do stuff that's going to pay the bills. You know, you know, I can't justify taking time out to write music, but what if I was the best artist or musician in the world? And I'm in that situation, you know what I'm saying? It's like right now, how things are, you know, it's not really a, you know, it hasn't been really conducive to, to, you know, or motivating to, creating great art you know but i think things are coming back and i think uh you know these are just signs that things are kind of kind of better kind of you know they're kind of getting 
kind of getting good for people, you know, doing more artistic music and, uh, you know, progressive styles of music and things like that. So it's never been easier to find your audience, you know, that's for sure. And I've seen that, I've seen that, uh, in real time with this podcast is that if, if you put something good out there and people are looking for it, you know, yep. they'll, they'll find it and they'll, they'll, they'll stay for the ride, which is really cool. Yeah. Yep. So, so in closing, I wanted to talk, uh, you know, real quick about something that's, that's close to all of our hearts here. So, so Jamie, I know you have a bit of a obsession with the Mountain Dew. Daryl is also. So now you know me, my size. I'm like I'm like five ten ish. Okay, so my life has changed considerably since meeting Daryl. Not just the extractive stuff, but just the things I've witnessed. So I've seen Daryl. Okay, no joke. He's he's a, he's a he's a defensive end sized man. Okay, he drank he drank fourteen. D-tackle, mountain- tackle big boy. I'm sorry, my, my, the biggest of the big boys. <laughs> he, he, I watched him drink fourteen Mountain Dews. Okay, in like about two in about like two day. hours. Two hours. That's professional. No, nope, <laughs> did not pee one time. So his born, body, born, his body at one point just absorbs the broken and whatever absorbed. else is in there. I think I sweat a little bit of Mountain Dew for a little bit and then consumed that <laughs> so it didn't get away from me. You know, his body was more Dew. Gotta get your juice somewhere, you know. All right, all right. So in all honesty, the most I've consumed in a Mountain Dew session, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with my boys from IT at NFL Films. I've consumed 21 Mountain Mountain Dews, consecutive 21, and we had Chinese food. Didn't go take a piss. Uh, had a couple slices of full-on Supreme Pizza from Papa John's. Didn't take a piss, and I think there was also about 10 or 12 York peppermint patties. Yeah, I want to say so. Yep, that's about it. So there was some mint after all of that too. Yeah. Just to watch, just to cool off the palate. Well, you got to cool that palate down after Absolutely. the dew burns <laughs> into your esophagus after 21 of them. So, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. Well, the BT Bam, see, there's a, uh, there's a Mountain Dew uh, substitute down here called Sun, uh, Sun Drop. Oh and then, like, you get it in the bottle. It's got, like, the citrus floating around in the bottle, but it's real sugar. But we'll That's buy cases awesome. of those things at the Beachy Bam sessions. So like that and Cheerwine is another North Shore. Cheerwine. I love yeah, Cheerwine. You've had I Cheerwine need that in my life. I yeah, dude. It. It's, it's, it's out of control. <laughs> but yeah, we'll knock those back like, you know, no tomorrow. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm with you. I can't do that stuff anymore. It'll, it'll probably kill me. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I think parts of it like ni- nitroglycerin or something. I don't know. It was yeah. Just, you know. Well, how do you get that color? I mean, really? Yeah. Well, look at this. Like, if you if you drink a Dr. Pepper, that used to be a degreaser for engines, and people are slapping that, slapping that stuff back. So, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Mountain Dew. I'm all of, I'm all about it. So, well, I gotta, one of my one of my boys, uh, he uh, works for a uh, delivery service. And he's he told me that they actually they do use Coke Coca Cola to like clean the backs of those trucks out allegedly yeah, allegedly. Yeah. You can well, clean batteries, carbon off, get carbon off stuff. the stuff. Yeah, engine yeah, parts, amazing, amazing stuff. But totally good for your belly, making That's me it, thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us here tonight. Okay. This was a great conversation. Thanks. And uh, any uh, anybody looking uh, to uh, step up their production game or, or learn some new uh, techniques, where can they uh, find you at? Um, well, yeah, uh, I know the uh, the unstoppable recording machine. The urm dot com. Uh, they have some of my classes. I know Creative Life still has some of my classes. I have some of my uh, my Kemper Tone Pack. It's on ToneCrate dot com. And uh, obviously my website right now is uh, thebasementrecordingnc.com. 
I'm actually getting ready to launch a new website. It's going to be Jamie King Audio productions.com that'll be a little easier to find because a lot of people don't know about the uh, the glamorous basement <laughs> studio hey, it is a nice basement uh, okay. not really but, but, let's, yeah. let's, let's tell you something short more people know jamie king than the basement so we're going to start you know pro- promoting that a little more um as opposed to you know this this little uh, hole in the ground uh, under my house you know so that's excellent well so jamie awesome. absolutely yep, thanks, man. thank you